Excited to welcome everyone to the first ever episode of the Reviving Physiotherapy Podcast. The direction for this podcast is still evolving. Um, what we'd like to do is start interviewing physios or people on the cutting edge of rehab. And we say, when we say cutting edge of rehab, we don't necessarily mean the technological cutting edge, but people who are trying things that are more evidence-based, introducing new ideas into their rehab process and following the science in the direction of their treatment. So for today, our first topic is going to be long COVID. And it's not a very popular topic, but it's important to talk about. A lot of people want to move on from COVID, and rightfully so, but what's happening is there's a lot of patients and clients who are falling through the cracks, especially in the fitness world, where COVID's kind of become the sea world. Um, it's understandable because of everything we've gone through in the fitness industry and some of the horrible messaging around the definitions of health that have come out throughout the pandemic. Someone even discouraged me from talking about it on the podcast because it would upset people, but COVID isn't going anywhere, and as part of our approach to living with it is knowing how to manage it when people get it. We know now that there's no need for widespread panic, but rather it's something which we have to learn to manage, much like any other illness. So our first guest on the podcast is going to be Josh Turner, and it's pretty fitting that Josh is our first guest. Um, I first met Josh when Josh was a student, and I was delving into pain science myself and moving away from the biomedical model and starting to really dig into the biopsychosocial model. I was questioning my own biases as a physio in a big way, and Josh was all there as a student when it started to change. So we're excited to have him on the podcast, and he's also joining the team at Revive in September. Happy to be here, Alan. Why don't you introduce yourself to us and tell us a bit about yourself and, and, and your background? So as Alan said, my name is Josh. I'm new to the team here at Revive Physiotherapy. I received my Master's of Physical Therapy from the University of Toronto. And before that, I got my Honours Bachelor of Science from McMaster University right here in Hamilton. And so during my education, I got the opportunity to participate in research, including research investigating healthy aging through exercise, as well as looking at physical activity levels in people living with HIV. I'm excited to talk specifically about this topic because one of my internships while I was in school was a 12-week placement working at a WSIB clinic. And so this was a WSIB specialty clinic. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with that, this is for people who are injured at work and they're not getting better through uh, community physio. So the WSIB will send them to this clinic in hopes that they'll have a little bit more one-on-one uh, -on -one treatment and a little bit more uh, personalized treatment as well. Uh, but through my experience there, uh, I learned a lot about what it means for the people who are living with long COVID and uh, what we can do in order to help these people. So I'm really excited. I think this is a really important topic given everything that's been going on for the past two years. Yeah, perfect. What I found most fascinating about that, Josh, is uh, the idea of a WSIB specialty clinic for long COVID because it, it kind of redefines what uh, what a workplace injury is. And you heard some stories throughout covid people who caught COVID at work and they weren't granted sick pay, especially nurses. Um, so it's fascinating to me that WSIB introduced this program, that the definition of a workplace injury can actually start to extend outside of the typical musculoskeletal injury and to sort of an illness itself. And it creates, it creates a scope for us as physios to start intervening and helping getting people back to work. Um, so I guess, I guess let, let's dive right in with, with the first question, which is, you know, what is long COVID? Yeah. So long COVID is a word that was originally created not by physiotherapists or doctors, it was created by the people who were living with it. And so it's one of many terms because there was people getting COVID all over the world. And so there was a lot of different terms that were coming up and long COVID is maybe one of the more popular ones, but it was 
like I said, originally used by people who were actually living with the condition and was picked up later by the scientists who were researching it and the, uh, and the people who were treating it. Uh, but essentially what it is is symptoms of COVID-19 that last longer than the typical length, which would be about five days to seven days. Uh, and so it generally has this kind of vague definition, but people have been trying to have a little bit more of a narrow definition of it. And so some people will say that long COVID is any COVID symptoms that you are experiencing longer than 12 weeks, but others will look at it even as short as four weeks. If you've been experiencing COVID symptoms for more than four weeks, then you would be considered to be someone that would have long COVID according to that definition. Right, and it's very interesting. And so something, something people note is that even if their COVID symptoms themselves aren't super intense, some of these lingering effects can last longer. People get surprised that they're dealing with some cardiovascular effects. So I guess, I guess the follow-up question to that is, how, do, how does someone know if they have long COVID? So if they've been laid out in bed, let's say for seven days or longer with COVID, what is the difference between kind of being deconditioned after being ill and some of the, the long COVID symptoms? Yeah, so I guess the first thing, as the name long COVID suggests, is that it starts with a bout of acute COVID-19. And from there, as I mentioned earlier, it talks about these uh, symptoms that are lasting for a few weeks, whether it's 4 or 12, whatever definition might be getting used. But some of the symptoms that are most commonly experienced are uh, things like coughing, shortness of breath, especially when you're exerting yourself, fatigue, and generally feeling weak and unwell. Other symptoms can cover a wide range, and this could include things like heart palpitations, increased heart rate, muscle pains, headaches, changes in mood, uh, digestive system irritation and hair loss, and a bunch of other things. And it is really individualized. So one person's experience with long COVID might be totally different from another in terms of how severe it is, in terms of how long it lasts, and in terms of the symptoms that they're getting. So everybody experiences long COVID differently. So it's hard to say exactly one presentation is COVID. And so someone might be out there with uh, symptoms from long COVID that might not even be listed here. Yeah, that's, that, that fits in with a lot of kind of our experience as physios and healthcare practitioners that everyone's experience with, with any sort of illness or pain or injury is very unique and personalized to them. And, and or long COVID seems like it's no different. Um, what's interesting to me also is there seems to be a lot of overlap between kind of long COVID symptoms and what we would kind of put into the category of an autoimmune disease. Like if someone came into the clinic with some of these symptoms, there'd often be a referral to back to the family doctor or to a rheumatologist um, to handle these things. And it seems like there's quite a bit of overlap between the two. Are you finding that as well with, with what you... Yeah, that, that's really interesting that you mentioned that because that's something that if you look at the literature that is out on long COVID, even though it is new, there's been a lot of scientists that have been looking into this, is that they've been comparing it to some of these other autoimmune conditions and some of these other post-viral conditions that we have experience with, like uh, Guillain-Barre, post-polio syndrome, and uh, post-SARS syndrome. So uh, it, it's not like we're starting from ground zero. We have some background information of similar conditions that we can learn from and help us to look at things specifically for long COVID. Oh, very cool. And so I, I, you mentioned kind of post-polio um, and post-SARS. So I've heard of post-COVID. 
um, syndrome, and I know in the physio world we shy away from the word, word syndrome because it's thrown around way too much. Um, but is, is, there, is, is this something different? Um, is post-COVID something different than long COVID, or is that something that's similar? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, because COVID is a widespread global issue, there was a lot of people that were getting the same sort of symptoms, and the, these names were coming from the people who were living with it, not from the doctors. So people were coming up with their own ways of describing what they were experiencing. And so a lot of these different terms, we have things like post-COVID syndrome, uh, post-acute sequelae after COVID-19, lots of very, some very simple like long COVID, some very complicated like the last one I mentioned. But they're all the same thing. It's just different titles to the same collective experience that people are having after they've had COVID-19. Right, interesting. How common is long COVID? Yeah, so about one out of 10 people who are infected with COVID-19 will experience symptoms for about more than four weeks, which is that shorter definition we talked about earlier. That's interesting. Do you, do you feel, because I know there's a lot of shame, unfortunately, around, around getting COVID and having COVID, and from, from at least my experience in a clinic, having long, longer-lasting symptoms of COVID, because people feel like there's something wrong with their immune system or they can't get back to what they were doing before. Do you feel like this number might be underreported? Yeah, I would definitely say that there is some underreporting on this. There's a tendency to want to come out and believe you're fine or have to try to prove you're fine to other people in order for them to kind of either respect you or take you seriously and when you go back to things like work or any other things that you're doing. And so, yeah, there's definitely going to be people who don't want to report their symptoms. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I think it's why we need to change the narrative around it, that accepting that COVID is a, an illness that is in our society and it's going to be here for a while and kind of getting rid of some of those stigmas against having COVID and dealing with some of the longer term effects. So what, what kind of makes you more likely to get long COVID? Are there any risk factors that are associated with it? So this is definitely a place where the scientists researching this, it's a fairly new thing that people are looking at. COVID is new to us in the past two years. Our idea of long COVID is even shorter than that, but this is something that's getting investigated. So some of the things that they found so far is that things like being older, being female, or having asthma or lung disease, or being hospitalized as part of your acute COVID-19, and also having a larger number of symptoms in your first week after you were infected with COVID-19. These are all things that have been found to be linked to uh, linked to having long COVID and might also be uh, somehow related. But just because you fall into one of these categories doesn't mean that, oh no, you have to worry you're gonna get long COVID. And just on the opposite side of that, just because you don't fall into any of these categories doesn't mean that you won't get long COVID from the experience that I saw, I saw the whole range. I saw people who fell under these kind of this umbrella of uh, things that might put you at a greater risk. But I also saw people who were high level athletes and the people you'd think no way they'd ever get long COVID, but they, they would still get it. Which kind of gets us to the next section, which is kind of the meat of the conversation here. And that's kind of physio's role into managing long COVID. Because my understanding of it is quite treatable and quite manageable if you use the right, the right tools. Um, so I guess, how much do we know about, about long COVID? Yeah, so as I talked about earlier, it's only been two years since the start of the pandemic, and it took some time after that for people to start noticing long COVID. 
to even be thinking about it as something that we should be researching. But that being said, it was so so global and such a big impact. Like I said, one in 10 uh, people who get COVID will experience this. So there has been a huge effort by the scientific community to learn as much as we can as fast as possible about COVID in general and specifically long COVID. So there hasn't been a lot of time, but in the time, it's been quite impressive how much work has been done in the area. Right. And that's one thing with COVID that I guess, you know, call it a silver lining is that, you know, the scientific community has really learned a lot about viruses and and how viruses work um, throughout COVID. So there's been a ton of money and time and resources poured into studying the, the virus. So I guess... Take me through it. How would a physiotherapist treat long COVID? Yeah, so as a physiotherapist, to treat long COVID really takes a very broad approach. There's a lot of things that need to go into it. And one thing that I think physios don't focus on enough in general, uh, whether it be long COVID or something else, is the importance of providing patients with a good education. So a lot of people think of physio as massage, some exercises, and a machine, and then you're out the door. But our primary role as healthcare professionals needs to be a little bit bigger than this. And a lot of management is in education and helping patients understand what to expect to decrease their fear, in this case around long COVID, talk about fatigue management, and helping people with a graded return to activity. And there are some guidelines that have been produced that are really great. And there's some protocols out there as well, such as one that was produced by the International Olympic Committee to guide people along the way. And so this this education is a main role, especially in a case like long COVID. But other things that a physio can include is exercises to help increase your capacity. So this is going to help with things like shortness of breath, fatigue, and just the general sense of feeling unwell and that they can help bring you back uh, closer towards feeling more normal and being able to get back to your regular activities. Okay, yeah. so how does someone know if it's time to go see a physio? Like they've had COVID, um, it's been going on, they're trying to get back into their activity, they're just, it's just not going anywhere. What point do you turn around and be like, all right, it's time to go see physio? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say anyone who has long-lasting symptoms from COVID that are holding you back from completely engaging in any part of your life, whether that be getting back to work, your recreational activities, whether it's impacting like how you socialize or your relationships in any way, that healthcare professionals can come in to help you manage your symptoms and help you get back to being more functional and doing these things. So as a physiotherapist, we can help with many of the symptoms that long COVID has that we already talked about, but it's also a great profession in that we can help you get in touch with other healthcare professionals to help manage all those other symptoms that might fall out of the area of our expertise. As physios, we have the benefit of being primary healthcare providers. And I think what that gives us is the unique opportunity to become you know, referral sources. Now, let's say, for example, someone's having neurological symptoms, we have the ability to refer to a neurologist, but people feel very lost. Um, and very often, healthcare practitioners don't spend as much time with people as they need. And when, you, when you're in a clinic setting where you are able to spend that time, we can listen to the, the clients or the patients and kind of direct them in the right direction based off of what they're going through. Um, so let's go on to some exercise guidelines, um, some practical information. And we'll throw some of those protocols down in the, in the podcast notes so people can look at some of the long COVID protocols. So people who are thinking that long COVID sounds like this is what I'm going through. I've really been struggling. 
um, but I can't go see a physiotherapist, whether that's a time thing, whether it's a funding thing. What's the most important thing that someone should know if they're not going to kind of pop in to go see a physio? Yeah, so I would say the most important thing that someone needs to know if they're dealing with long COVID is the phrase stop, rest, and pace. And these three words are something that has been commonly used in long COVID rehab, and it breaks down to mean this. First, you need to stop trying to do too much. Trying to overdo it can ultimately lead to a relapse back to where you were before, or sometimes patients, I've seen patients get even worse. Uh, Instead, you need to rest, and probably sooner than you think you need to. It might be a good idea to keep a record of your activities to get a sense of how much you can do in a given day before your symptoms start to get worse, and try to work within the range of what you can tolerate. And lastly, the third word was pace. So there's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of things you might need to do in a day, but you might not be ready to do it all yet. It might be helpful to prioritize some of the most important things you need to do in a day and plan your day according to that based on trying to get the most important things done at the beginning. And then if you find that your symptoms are flaring up or anything like that and you're just too fatigued, then you've got the most important things done and you can pace yourself and not feel so pressured because you have to get other things done as well. And over time, you'll find that if you stay within those boundaries, you should be able to uh, gradually increase what you can do in a day without overdoing it. But if you're having trouble managing this on your own, it might be time to get in touch with a healthcare professional who can guide you through the process, including a physiotherapist. It reminds me of a lot of the return to sport playing that we do. That stop and rest isn't a huge amount of time, but it, it creates a bit of a bridge, giving your body that space to heal, and then you can start to pace. So it's all about that kind of graded return to activity. And, and I feel like the principles are, are similar, whether you're dealing with someone with long COVID or, or dealing with an autoimmune disease or, or a sports injury. Sometimes you need a second to kind of sit back, take a second, let that healing happen, and then start to return people to sport in, in, in a graded way. Um, also kind of what we talk about as physios where telling people to focus on what they can do, not what they can't, right? So when you're really in it, whether it's an injury or an illness, you know, you, you look at all the stuff that, that's holding you back, right? Whereas with, uh, with, with good rehab, you focus on what you can do. You make a list of the activities that feel good or don't exhaust you, and you start there, and then you slowly kind of expand outwards doing that. And, and I think the other thing why people are getting stuck with, with COVID or long COVID is most illnesses, you catch a cold, you get sick, you know, after a few days you feel better and then you get right back to doing what you were doing before. And yeah, maybe you're a little slower, you get back in shape and you're good to go. Long COVID seems to be a little bit different, in which case these symptoms kind of linger, where people who are used to getting back so much more quickly after an injury or a problem, it takes a little bit longer and that could be frustrating. And people try and force it and force it and force it. And I think that often holds them back, which is why I think that kind of stop, rest, and pace is such good advice when applied properly and appropriately, and people are allowed to kind of continue forward and and, and start getting back to what they want to do. That's really interesting that you mentioned that because this is an area where we get to learn from some other conditions that we have already seen, like I mentioned earlier, and one of them being chronic fatigue syndrome, which is where we see people get something called post-exertional malaise, which we also sometimes see in long covid And this is where people are doing too much and we they go through this pattern of boom and bust so boom they're feeling good and they do a lot but then the next day they're totally wiped out and they're actually feeling worse than they were before and so what we can learn from 
chronic fatigue syndrome is that, yeah, you do need to stop, rest, and pace. Uh, in this case, you can prevent exercise from actually making you worse. You can use exercise in a healthy dose to help actually make you better. You hit the nail on the head. This idea of exercise being used as, as medicine or in a healthy dose, and that's, that really is our MO as physios. Perfect. So just in closing, I guess, if people want to learn more about recovering from long COVID, where do you send them? Well, for starters, I would recommend you check out Long COVID Physio. It's a great resource run by a physiotherapist out of the UK named Darren Brown. So he's a physiotherapist and he's working with a group of other physiotherapists, all who have gone through long COVID themselves. And so uh, as a team, they're able to provide resources to help people go through the same stuff they did but they also have the education and the background to be able to understand their experiences better and to be able to provide the resources they use themselves for other people as well. And so we can provide a link to that website on in the show notes as well. Um, also, if you're in the Hamilton area and you're looking for someone to help with your recovery, uh, you can contact me at Revive Physiotherapy at hamontphysio.ca or book online, or you can call or text 289-941-4878 or hit us up on Instagram. All the info and resources we'll put in the show notes for you. And I'm happy to talk with you and help you on your way to getting back to your life as usual. Perfect. And thanks so much for being here, Josh. And it really was eye-opening. And I think it's, it's a topic that's super important to talk about um, as we go on here. And uh, I think there's a lot of people who are feeling very marginalized and don't want to talk about what they're going through or struggling. I kind of feel like they have to give up exercise or give up movement because they just can't tolerate what they used to uh, used to tolerate. So I hope, I hope people kind of take that there is a way out, um, that long COVID is a very, very common thing. And through the right exercise dosage and the right rehab, you can go back to doing what you were doing before, um, if not keep on improving and getting stronger. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me, Alan. Yeah, take care, Josh. And we're looking forward to having Josh on in the clinic um, starting beginning of September. Um, so start booking now.
So exercise can feel very challenging after COVID-19. So how do I know, or how does a person long COVID know if they're ready uh, or if it's safe to return to being active? Yeah, so generally exercise is safe to begin after COVID-19, except in a few circumstances. And the primary reason why exercise might not be safe for someone after COVID-19 is myocarditis or pericarditis, which are conditions that are involved with the heart being inflamed. So there is some research that's recommended that before beginning exercise after COVID-19, that people should go to their doctor and get screened for this to make sure that there's no underlying heart condition, which may become worse with exercise. Uh, it's hard because a lot of the symptoms for uh, myocarditis and pericarditis overlap with long COVID. So it might be difficult to just tell by giving you a list of symptoms. So it might be helpful to get that uh, checked out before you begin exercise. But generally, by starting off low levels, low intensity uh, exercise is generally very safe and that the risk for these is quite low, even in the case of long COVID. Right. So, so I'm wondering if in the physiotherapy clinic itself, you know, how do physiotherapists screen for myocarditis or pericarditis? Are there any symptoms that, that we'd watch out for as part of our screening process? Yeah. So some of the things that you would look out for is uh, extreme shortness of breath, even in uh, especially it, when there, someone is more active. Uh, but extreme shortness of breath if someone is not active at all would be definitely a red flag. Uh, chest pain uh, that might mimic some of the things you would expect from a heart attack. Not that you're having a heart attack, uh, it's not, that's not the case, but those are things that we would look at to say, hey, this is something that maybe they should go uh, get some medical attention before we start exercise just to clear out that anything like that might be going on.